One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wrestle, 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 Welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene. My brother Jeff Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coaches. We got another great episode for you. We're talking about the world championships and how to have a long career, both as an athlete and as a coach. Yeah, world championships this weekend. Only a couple months after the Olympics, we had a, a little extra treat as wrestling fans. Um, so there's obviously it's still going on. Greco-Roman is wrestling today, but um, freestyle women's wrestling is done, and we've had some some ups and downs as Americans, but always a ton to learn. That's right. We remind you that if you like what you're hearing, make sure you drop us one of these, give us the thumbs up, make sure you click the bell, subscribe, make sure you share this out. You're the ones who get this word out and put out this great information in the wrestling community. So you help us do this. You're the ones who bump up the numbers. You want the bell because you want to know anytime we do a video, there's times we do surprise videos. We'll say, Hey, there's something going on. That's really important right now. We want to talk about it. You want to make sure you get that. You don't want to miss any mindset information. Mindset makes the difference. And it's sometimes the soft skills are the hardest to develop. Not the soft skills. That's right. I I was doing a, I was working with a a wrestler yesterday. And one of the things that came up and we've probably said this many times on the show, but the importance of not just watching the matches, but listening to the interviews and there as, as always, there's a ton of good interviews. So you can understand more than just, the X's and O's of the sports more than just the technique. What were they thinking? What were they dealing with? Right. And that's something that our coach Don Ernst always told us to listen to the interviews, understand the mindset, understand their perspective. Where are they coming from? What's going on? So I know sometimes those are a little bit long. I saw a lot of the USA interviews were eight, nine, 10 minutes, but um, I would encourage you to go back because many times, if not most times, you could probably learn more from listening to the interview than just watching a match. That's absolutely right. Our dad was very big on that. Anytime we were watching whatever it was, the World Series, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, 
he would, you know, after the, after the competition was over, we started joking around, laughing and like running around the room, doing whatever it was we were doing. And he would say, shh, listen, shh, listen, listen to the interview. And that really helped us build the mindset program. And Don Ernst also just to say one more point with that. He is um, a whole series, Don Ernst, legendary wrestling videos. He, he was the flow wrestling before the flow wrestling from 1975 to 1979. He was the team USA video technician. Those videos were his, he had rights to them, him and ABC. So, I mean, and on his videos, on his edited highlights, he would show the technique. And very frequently, if you remember this, there would be an interview of Gable, of Peterson, of these different guys on what they said after the match. Yep. Or in the I, remember, I, rem- I remember it well. So, so digging into some of those interviews, we found out some information, right? And one of the topics we wanted to cover is competing during imperfect situations, right? I think that's, that's a huge mindset issue. I'm not at my best. Um, my, you know, my ankle's hurting. Um, I was, wasn't able to train for a month because I got sick. Now, now just fast forward to the interviews, Thomas Gilman, COVID within the last month, Helen Marulis, COVID. I, I don't think she was able to train for about three weeks leading up to the, to, to the world championships. Jordan Burroughs, he had a major calf injury. Both of them compete. Not only did they compete and win, but I think I mean, they looked as all of them looked as good as they've ever looked. And that's saying a lot because these are people who've been on top. We're very, very close to the top for a long time now. Helen Marulis won an Olympic gold in 2016. Uh, you know, it's 2021 now. Jordan Burroughs won a gold medal in the Olympics in 2012. It's 2021. This is a long time. These people have been on top at or near the very top. So they're doing a lot of things right. So on our end, we just wanted to hit on some of those things. Number one, first and foremost, you're not going to have that longevity without a great mindset. Keeping things in perspective, long-term vision, um, pacing yourself, not in the sense of not working as hard as you can, but training hard and training smart. So addressing it both, both physically and mentally. Physically, making sure our, our stretching, our joint mobility, our, our, our mobility, our stability, that's all in place. These are the things the top people are doing. Yeah. And then I would say their perspective, you know, you're just not going to compete that long if you don't have a good perspective on the sport, if you don't have a good perspective in life. And you look at Jordan Burroughs now, he's got four kids, four kids like me. It's tough to imagine competing with, uh, with, with four children now, right? And he's still doing it at the highest level. So the perspective is good. You hear them talking about their faith in these interviews, Helen, Jordan, and, and Thomas Gilman, so it's like they have that perspective where wrestling is important, but it's it's just part of life, right? If it's it's if it's everything, you can put you get rocked during the tough times, you know, and it's tough to have a long career like that. Eventually, it just brings you down. But having that pers- that good life perspective where wrestling is important, but it's not everything, they're able to have fun, right? They're able to be grateful for the opportunity, and you know they're able to compete for a much longer time, which is great for us fans to see. Absolutely. And you look at and you look at faith, how important it is. The world championships, how many guys from from Georgia or from different different countries out east blessing themselves before they take the mat. I know faith is an important part of Jordan, Jordan Burrow's life or, or so he says. Same with Kyle Snyder. Same with Helen Maroulis. All those guys from Dagestan, Sajulayev, those people. I mean, basically there. I forget who I just heard it from, but one of the one of the wrestling coaches that basically there they have time to what they do there is pray and train. So people are taking their faith serious. That's no small deal. They're keeping things in perspective. So that's what you need to do. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And then, and then there's the mobility in the prehab. We were talking a little bit about our younger brother. So our younger brother is now 31 years old. He's a priest, Father Greg Zanetti. And today is his off day as a priest. He's going into Rutgers University to wrestle with the team. And he's probably going to wrestle with John Paz, took number four in the country as, as a true freshman. So in other words, Greg is still battling at 31. He's a priest. You know, it's not like he's doing this consistently. But I think one of the things that he did really well to allow him to be able to still compete at a high level for so long is that, you know, he's, he was always, he always did a good job of stretching, right? Prehab was important to him after every single practice, every practice, every workout, he would take 10 to 15 minutes to, to cool down and stretch. And it doesn't seem like a tough thing, but now do that over five, 10 years. And that's, that's a little bit more difficult. You know, that consistency leads to more flexibility, less injuries and a longer career. Right. Also, I think about a big thing he did differently than we did when we were competing in high school is he was on Sundays, we would have club practice and we used to go to, to club uh, two, three days a week. We'd go Sunday, we'd go Tuesday, we'd go Thursday and we'd go Sunday. Greg took off the Sunday to the point where people were asking, why is he not at club? Well, that was his day of lifting. I remember during the season, a lot of times I would just stop lifting weights. I mean, you do pull ups here and there, rope climb every day, but it's not really doing no strength training, whereas Greg was take, taking that as his one day a week in high school for strength training. Also, Greg lifted, he trained his legs a lot when he was in high school in the off season. That's something we didn't do as much. We were just running, doing different things like that, but he was actually working on his legs. And when you think about that, building up your muscles and all those ancillary muscles in your leg, that's going to have a big impact. I mean, I think the biggest thing that would hold me back from wrestling right now is my knees. And you can't help but think, well, if your legs were a little bit stronger, if the ancillary muscles, um, the joints, the tendons, the all that stuff was there, hey, maybe you don't get as injured in college. Yeah, you have to take care of your body. And we, we don't think about that. It's like, number one, to have a long career. But then number two, when your career is over, right? You're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. You want to still be able to work out. You still want to be able to be in good shape, right? You want to be healthy. You want to be fit. So you got to take care of your body. And I know it's it's tough convincing a, a middle school, a high school or a college wrestler to think about that. But um, but it's important. You know, you want to be in good shape. You look at and, you know, I think that the thing you, you got to talk about is taking time off when you need it. Right. And you see it now that you get to follow some of these people on social media, Jordan Burroughs, Adeline Gray, Helen Marulis, they take time off. They're the best in the world, but they still take time off right They're listening to their body. They understand that there's a time where you got to train really hard, that you got to be disciplined, and then there's a time where you have to physically and mentally recover. So if you follow them, yes, most of the time they're tunnel vision focused on their goals. But again, going back to that perspective, they're also having a good time, they're living a good life, and they're taking time off when, when they need it mentally and physically. Not just physically, not just mentally, both. You have to listen to your body and understand that. And it's not always so easy, and that's why you need a good coach. Right. And, and specifically a good mindset coach, because you need to really figure out, am I being lazy? Am I just being mentally weak? Or is this a time where I legitimately need some time off? So it, it's, it's hard because a lot of times with your coach on the team, there's you have matches or even in the offseason club, there's club duels. 
you know, the coaches are going to want you in. And sometimes, because of course you're wrestling, it's going to help the group win. It's going to help your club win. It's going to help your team win. That might not be the best thing for you personally right now. And a lot of times wrestlers, we get, we get ourselves saying, well, I, I can't, you know, I don't want to let these people down. You have to do what's best for you and for your long-term career. And this is not saying anything about not being a good team player. It's just all year round. You can't be on constantly. So listening to your body, it's going to be real hard to be honest with yourself with that because our natural tendency is to be a little bit lazy. Get a mindset coach. Your mindset coach helps you rake through that and say, okay, yes, this is a good time to take off. This is a time that it's, it's you know, it's not helping you. That's right. I'd like to go back a little bit to where we started with imperfect scenarios. So we talked about Jordan Burroughs with the calf injury, Helen Marulis, Thomas Gilman, they had COVID, right? They couldn't train for at least a couple of weeks. I think Helen flew in two days before the competition. She, she was writing the day before that she was jet lagged. And imagine that you can't wrestle for two, three weeks. You're jet lagged the day before the, the world championships. And then she wrestles as good as she has. So I think it's worth talking about that. And it's so mental, right? People are like, if I can't train every day, my, my perfect workout plan or schedule, the action plan, which is very important, I'm not going to be able to compete at my best. But that's not true. If you're doing things right around the clock for, you know, these people a number of years, you know, and you take a week off, two weeks, month, two months, not that you want to do it, but if you're kind of forced into that, you could still compete. We have to get that out of our heads. So we still have to be able to have confidence even when things aren't ideal. I think about the John Smith uh, documentary, not documentary, but he just had it on Wrestling Changed My Life with Ryan Warner. And he goes and he said that when if he took too much time off, he would say, oh, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. Right. And he spoke about his match with Randy Lewis. Randy Lewis won Olympic gold, 84. He comes back and wrestles in 88. And he had taken off for a few years. So, I mean, taken off, right? It's not like he wasn't wrestling at all. He was in the Iowa room. But, you know, his weight went up a little bit higher. He wasn't competing. And John Smith said, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they don't have that attitude where I'm going to I'm gonna pick up where I left off. He said, and Randy Lewis came in and said, I'm going to pick up where I left off. And in the world and in the Olympic trials, beat John Smith the first match. Now, think about that. If that's in the – and then Smith beat him the next two. But if that's in the Olympics, Randy Lewis is an Olympic gold medalist because – you don't get two out of three matches. So he was able to come back and beat Smith. But the mentality was just, I'm a good wrestler. I could wrestle. I think back to college when I hurt my knee in the beginning of the season. And it's like, you know, maybe I'm wrestling good in practice. Maybe I'm not. And then I, I'm, I'm off for like a month and a half. Okay, the guys are grinding themselves down. I'm fresh. But the point is, I'm not wrestling. And I came back and I'm starting to feel really good in the room. But your show is once you know how to wrestle, you know how to wrestle. It's not saying intentionally slack off, but you could do it. Maybe you feel good. Maybe you don't. Maybe you had the good weight cut. Maybe you had a good night's sleep. Maybe you didn't. But you could still choose to be aggressive. You can still choose to have a great effort and attitude. And it and that it all starts up here. You know, you have to believe that. And if that's something that you're struggling with, I'd say you, you got to be working with the mindset coach on that because that's so important. And it's going to happen at some point, right? You get a little sick before the state championships. You, you ding your shoulder, your knee before the nationals. And it's like, it's going to happen. So we got to be good at knowing that we could still wrestle really well. If the circumstances have not been ideal. Yeah. You could be asymptomatic COVID and all of a sudden you feel great. You're not allowed to wrestle. You're not allowed to go to practice. And then all of a sudden here's your regional tournament. Here's your postseason, And okay. You haven't, you haven't wrestled with another person because of you know, whatever, some bogus stipulations where now you can't, you weren't able to get out on the mat. Well, now, now's your chance. So yep. you could the do analogy we, 
the, the analogy we use a lot is, is become a good lawyer for yourself. Usually we're good at making excuses of, oh, I'm, I'm not at my best. I couldn't practice. My ankle hurts a little bit. Use your creativity and be a lawyer for yourself. Make a case for why this is good for you, right? And this goes back to, remember, this is, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago at the National Coaches Convention. We saw Kyle Dake in the in the elevator and he was, what, what, what was it? He hurt his, his leg or his shoulder. I think he just had his second injury in a row. And and you told him, Gene, you said, you know, well, whatever happens to you, you got to look at it as that's the best thing for you. Right. And he and then he later mentioned that he was presenting in front of all the coaches. And he said, yeah, I was just talking to Gene Zanetti of Wrestling Mindset. And he told me something that I knew, but I wasn't able to express it like this. Whatever happens to you is the best thing for you. So if I can't wrestle for three weeks before the world championships, I got to convince myself that that's the best thing for me, whether it is or it isn't. It's again starts up here. So we got to believe that maybe, you know, I got to make the case. Well, I get some time off. I can heal my body. I'll be fresh. You know, I could, I could focus on other things, video review, this or that, but I got to make that case for why this is what I needed. This is good for me. And I'm going to be able to compete at my best. Right. That, that's exactly why we built out a whole, we have a whole series on mentally recovering from injuries because it, it'll make or break your career. Some guys come back from some guys, girls, they come back from an injury, they're they're pick up where they left off, or they're even better than before, or they or even if they were a little bit worse, they were able to jump levels after that. Um, and other people, it ruins their career. And and has everything to do with your mindset. It's it's almost never that the injury was so debilitating that you could not compete ever again. That's usually not the case. Almost any injury you've had, someone's had worse and then has probably come back and won a world championship after that. So take care of your body. Listen to the experts. You know, your doctor, that becomes your doctor, your physical therapist. That becomes your your rehab coach. you got to take that every bit as serious as your technical coach and your mindset coach. So now you have a team that's working with you. You have to have that team. That's right. All right, I guess three matches we got to cover, right? We had the upset of the tournament. Uh, unfortunately, Tamira Mensah-Stock gets pinned. The Japanese wrestler, 20 seconds. We got the... Um, David Taylor, Yazdani again, and then Snyder versus Sajulayev. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's take it from the top. So, uh, Tamira, yeah, I mean, obviously great wrestler, huge favorite, um, after the Olympics. I mean, she's basically the poster girl of USA wrestling. And you see, you could be the hero one day, like an absolute high and then an absolute low. Not that by far, this is not an absolute low, right? You're going against the best in the world. But the point is. You could be really high one day, really low the other day, really low one day, and really high the next day. I could think of several years where I felt like I wrestled my best and one of my best and one of my worst matches, literally back to back. So, hey, she bounced back. That's yep. that's real key. We saw one part of her character winning an Olympic gold. We saw another part of her character here. Same could be said about Kyle Dake bouncing back after the Olympics, being a big favorite, and and you know bouncing back. And now this time, you know, walk through it. That's right. That's right. So I guess one of the lessons here is, is probably the heaviest favorite in any weight class. They all can be beat, right? Our dad used to tell us that all the time. He, he learned that from one of the Peterson brothers when they were in the Olympics. They all can be beat. So we used to hear that a lot as as uh, as kids. But then again, you have her resilience and bouncing back, which, you know, like you said, shows another part of her character and why she is who she is. You know, why ultimately she's successful and I'm I'm sure she'll go on to win more titles, but um, 
you know, that's why they wrestle matches. You have to go in there believing that you could win and, you know, they all can be beat. So that's, that, that's one lesson right there. Then you have, we got Taylor versus Yazdani. What do you think? Another, another crazy one. I mean, look, you know, in the other, in the matches they've had, that the first period's been neck and neck. Even I would even say Edge Yazdani in most of the matches there. Definitely, yeah. So you know it's going to be a battle, and you know David Taylor. You know he eked it out at the end of the Olympics. So it's like you knew it was going to be a tough one. Obviously, both of them were hungry. First of all, hats off to both of them. Okay, you see that Yazdani. He just get, comes out with the silver. He's a defending Olympic champ. He's bummed. He wants another crack at Taylor. Hats off to Taylor. Also, he came out. With you know, you could say nothing to nothing to lose, uh, nothing to gain there. But you know what? Hey, I'm in great shape. I just wrestled the you know the tournament of my life. Maybe not at his absolute best, but the point is, he wrestled an awesome tournament, Olympic champ, all the fame and the accolades. And now, okay, let's put that to the side. Let's get ready for a world championship. Why? Because I love wrestling. And you might say, well, he had nothing to gain. Well, guess what? He is another world. He is another world medal. Even though it's a silver, and I'm sure he looks at that medal, he probably wants to puke. But he has that medal. You go on Wikipedia, that's another bar. You know, every time you get a medal, every time you compete in the World Championships, Olympics, you get another bar. Not just compete, you have to medal. He's got another bar there. But, you know, Yazdani, he took it to him, wrestled really tough. I would have liked to have seen more offense from Taylor. I feel real funny saying that because he's one of the most aggressive wrestlers I've ever seen. But first period, I didn't really see him get after it too much. I'm sure Yazdani was doing things strategically to keep him out. But, yep. I think the big lesson when I look at Taylor and then Tamir Mensah-Stock, putting it on the line, like you said, the ability to put it on the line when they just won an Olympic gold, you know, t- two months ago. So it's like they think about all the interviews, you know, all the all the things that come with with winning an Olympic gold medal. Right. Let's face it. It changes your life to some extent. You know, to some extent, it doesn't change anything. To some extent, it changes everything. Right. But Two months later, you're coming back and you're going to wrestle the best people in the world. So putting it on the line, I think, is just awesome. And that's why they are as good as as they are. But so that's the lesson for me. It's like being willing to put it on the line. And I guess you could say the same for Sajulayev, right? He just, won, he, he, just won, he just won the gold. And now he's got to beat Kyle Snyder, guys, on his, his, his tail again. And to do that, it's like it, it shows the right perspective. It shows the love of the sport. You know, you, you can't do that without gratitude for wrestling. If you really didn't love it, you'd be like, all right, well, you know, we'll wait till the next world championship or to the Olympics. I'm going to heal up. There's a million excuses you could make. But to go back there, put it on the line, that's what it's about. So if you want a state title last year, you know, it's like we're putting it on the line. That's in the past. Let's go win another one. Right. We're not defending anything. We're going out to compete for something new. So it's again, it's an opportunity, not an obligation, and that's a that's a mental lesson right there. But yeah, that transitions into Snyder versus Sajulayev. Get good. Right. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like hat, hats off to those to those people, knowing that knowing that yeah, you just won it. And I mean Taylor just just barely beat Yazdani at the end. Snyder has a career win against Sajulayev, which won it for the Team USA. So I mean those guys know that. I mean Sajulayev. And and yes, and and Taylor, they know it's like these guys hate me. Not really hate me, but these guys hate me. These guys want a piece of me. And I'm gonna have to beat them after just beating them this past. But again, looking at it like you said, is there is no defending champion. That's a big thing we talk about with mindset. There's no defending champion. You don't have a belt. It's a vacant title. This world championship is vacant, and I could take it. So 
hats off to them for competing. And and Snyder again, great. I mean, Sag Alive is just awesome. So is Snyder though. And I mean, they knew they were going to have to go through each other. And it's just you see, these people love wrestling. These people love the sport. Hopefully, many many more of them to come. Yep. And again, great perspective. I would say don't just watch the matches. Go on. I saw them on USA Wrestling. I'm sure they're on Flow Wrestling, USA Wrestling YouTube. Listen to the interviews. These these men and women have an unbelievable perspective. You know, it's wrestling is is really important, right? You got to be fanatical in a sense. You got to be obsessive. But at the same time, they have things that are more important. These people, a lot of them have families. You know, they have their faith. These things are more important than wrestling, which seems crazy to some people, you know, of, of how good they actually are. But listen to their interviews when they win and then listen to their interviews when they lose. And you see they're pretty consistent. Burroughs, Helen Maroulis, Adeline Gray, um, Taylor, Dake. Like they're, yes, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a different mood, obviously, Snyder, but they're, they don't seem that different. The things they're saying are pretty consistent. And that's, that takes, that takes a lot of work. Right. It's, it's not easy. And and that's why it's like some of these people might naturally, some people might naturally have a really good ability to bounce back. I mean, you know, these people, they've, they've had tough times too. There were times where Burroughs felt, felt like quit, quitting the sport of wrestling, but it really helps to be talking to someone about it. I mean, you could save yourself a lot of time, effort, and energy by having a mindset coach who helps keep you in the right perspective. I mean, otherwise it just becomes a painful process of trial and error. But you look at these guys, these guys and these girls' mindset, they are consistent after they win or after they lose. That's not to be undercut. That's a big deal. Think about how you, as a wrestler, or if you're a coach, think about how you felt. I mean, were you that consistent? I wasn't. Well, if you want to be the best in the world or the best in the state, best in the country, something's got to give. You, you, you got to learn that skill. That's right. All right. So let's go into the last thing. Let's go. Maybe we'll start doing this more consistently. A leadership lesson of the week. So obviously winning mindset, we work with wrestling teams, work with all sports, work with the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, Huntington Learning Center, and then Fortune 500 companies, Northwestern Mutual, Mass Mutual. Um, we're working with companies across the country that have these massive organizations. So I think this would be a cool thing for coaches, especially, and parents of you know how to, how to develop leadership. So I'll let you go with the, the leadership lesson of the week. A leader needs to know the way, go the way, and show the way. All three of those things, I got it from my dad. He got it from one of his obscure coaches in high school, who now it's we're pumping that world that word out worldwide. But nonetheless, you need to know the way, you need to go the way, and then you need to show the way. It's going to be hard to go the way and show the way if you don't first know the way. So you need to learn what it takes to be a good leader. And okay, we, we have the nice, the, the, the cute little jingle, the rhyme there, but how do, you, how do you build leadership? And we talk about things like virtue. We talk about things like ment mental skills, mindset, and also being able to communicate with your team. So well, a big part of what we do is facilitating the communication between coaches and with athletes, with administrators, with parents. We speak about the coach's mindset guide, the parent mindset guide. We put time on developing the relationship between the coach and the athlete and the parent and the athlete. Well, if you want to have that shared relationship, a good leader is going to have, they're, they're going to have a sh shared language, shared terminology you're using. You're going to be on the same page with the same curriculum. There's, it's, it's almost like when you have a company that really knows each other well, when you have a team that knows each other real well, it's almost like you're speaking in code. 
And I think about how close we always were growing up. Us, us, our brother Greg, Father Greg now. Uh, if, if people were around us and we're just communicating, they're not going to get a lot of it because it's almost like you have inside jokes. You have words for different things. That is a cohesive unit right there. We have a cohesive brotherhood. Thank God. Uh, you know, that's what a good team does that. A good business has that. A good organization. They have shared language. They have shared experience. So we come in and we help facilitate that. There's a process. There's a systematic process to develop good leaders. It's not just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. If you know how to build good leaders, you could do that for any organization. That's why our our, our resume is so diverse, whether it's businesses, sports teams. A team is a team. Can you build leadership or not? So make sure you're focusing on building leaders. Yep, and I'll say one of the first ways to build leaders is to change the mindset of the team, right? So I'll add this, what I actually posted this on my LinkedIn today. I think it could be valuable. So changing the mindset of your organization. So first of all, what does that look like? Less negativity, a more positive mindset, thinking bigger, less complaining, um, and just being more grateful, thankful for the opportunities that we have. And then communicating, like Gene said, more effectively with the team between different levels. And then, so I have what works when the leadership team engages and takes the time to learn the principles and language. So again, it starts at the top, right? So if you're, if we're talking about a wrestling team, the coaches have to understand the language. You want the coaches to be a part of it. And, and then also the captains or whoever's, whoever's, whoever the leaders on the team are, might be the captains, people that are influential on the team, make a big impact on how how successful this is going to be with with the program right and and then and then there's also the parents when it comes to a wrestling team so what else works consistent training and regular communication with leadership so in other words feedback talking to the team but then talking to the coach what's going well what what can we improve on and then two things that we know don't work turning your team loose without engagement from the leadership team so this goes for a business where this goes for a wrestling team or any sports team. So you guys do the program, you know, talk to Gene or, or one of our, our mindset coaches and, you know, just, just, yeah, here 45 minutes getting sit in front of this computer or listen to this and, and I'm, I'm out. I'm going to be doing some other work, right? That doesn't work again. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a circle. It's gotta be that positive feedback loop. And then what else doesn't work is like, having a one-time or irregular motivational speaker. So like for businesses, a lot of them will have a national or global sales meeting and they'll bring in a, you know, a speaker like Jocko or ET or Tony Robbins. And then that's the extent of the mindset training. So maybe you have a, at best a honeymoon phase where people are excited. I'm going to change my lifestyle. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to make more calls. You know, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to exercise. And then you go home, you, you know, your dinner's burnt or something else comes down the pipeline, you know, your kids are annoying you and you, you forget about it, right? What is going to work consistently? How do, you, how do you enact behavioral change? And obviously one of the things is it's got to be consistent. So just, just the post that I, I, I added today. So I thought that could be relevant. If it's consistent, you look at it just like strength training for the mind, just like your strength training. I had a, I had a major manager approach us. Jeff and I were, were approached by a serious manager. Um, and, and this is, this is corporate. And he's like, well, how about if you worked with my team once a month? And I said, look, if you're, a, if you're a person, if I'm your, your personal trainer, you come to me and you say, I want to get stronger, but I'm going to lift once a month. 
I, I work out with you once a month. I said, I'm not taking you serious. And then basically pause. We're just staring him down there awkwardly in silence. And he said, that makes sense. So hats off to him because he got it. He got it. A lot of times people don't get it. So be intellectually honest, be open-minded, ask yourself, is this really working? What have you been doing right now? Have you been putting time in on your mindset? How's that been working out for you? Wouldn't you like to see an improvement? So where are you now? Where would you like to go in the future? And then what difference would that make for you? What does that mean to you if you had that change? That's the true value of mindset training. The value is how much of a difference is this going to make for your team, for your organization? Um, That's really where we're at. And yeah, it has to be consistent, just like strength training. And the coaches, this is something that you touched on a good point here, and that's some coaches are, are, it's an honest misunderstanding. Sometimes the coaches are being lazy, right? For the, for the manager that we spoke to, I think it was, it was not a matter of being lazy. It was a matter of not understanding. It was like, okay, you'll, you'll work with the team or you'll do this irregularly, right? Well, it's, it's the same thing with, with this. If a manager doesn't show up or if a coach doesn't show up for the mindset sessions, some coaches who mean well, it's just a misunderstanding. They say, look, I want this to be between you and the team. I don't want to interfere with what you do. That's a misunderstanding. Okay. So we could clear that up just simply by talking about it. When your athletes are on the call, they see you're personally invested and also you're learning the information so you can reinforce this, not just reinforce it, but just be able to communicate with your athletes. Some coaches, it's a laziness thing. For them, it's you work with the team and, you know, I don't want to get in the way, so I'll go to the side and it's just being lazy. And for you coaches, you just got to get it in gear. We're telling you, we've seen this work with thousands of teams, you know, it's across the country, across domains. The teams that are successful are the ones who are doing it the most consistently. Northwestern, North, not Northwestern Mutual now, Northwestern University, their lacrosse team just signed up for what, 30 or 40 workshops this year? So yeah, 36 workshops. Yep. So the fact how consistent that is, if their coach is on these calls, on the regular workshops, I could basically guarantee success for this team. So we need the managers to be bought. We need you, the coach, to be bought in. And we also need the athletes to be bought in. That's right. All right. So people ask, what's the best thing you could do? If you're a team, the best thing you could do is sign up for our team mindset training. Right. So go into our website, fill out the form. And we'll reach out to you and, and have us have a wrestling mindset work with your team directly. As an individual, similar thing. Fill out that form on our website, and then you're working one-on-one with the mindset coach. When it comes to courses, the best course you could get right now for your team, do-it-yourself team program. So that is basically we've synthesized our, our exercises, our program, our, our lessons into what are the most simple and effective things that a coach can do to implement mindset training with his team? So it's like, how do I, how do I get my team motivated? How do I build confidence? So they're wrestling their best. How do we, how do we bounce back? Right. So that do it yourself team program is a way that a coach can watch these, watch these videos, do these lessons and then implement them with their team immediately. So that would be the best course a team could do right now. And then the best thing an individual could do without um, without doing our one-on-one program, reading the book, I would say this is something, there's no question. You could buy the book, get the book. There you go. And finish the book before the season. I would say, make that a goal, develop the predator mindset, win in wrestling and life, buy that book. You, you can get it as an ebook. You can get it on Amazon, you can get it on our website, 
make it a goal to read the book and do the exercises before your wrestling season starts. That's going to have an impact. Absolutely guarantee for sure. Are you getting our daily text messages? If not, you're missing out. Also, we have over 6,000 people across the country getting our daily text message. Text mindset one. That's the number one to the number eight, four, five, seven, six. When I worked with our last team, it was important that I clarified this a little bit more. So if you're going to text me, pretend my number is eight, four, five, seven, six. That's a new text in there. And then the subject, the body of the message is mindset one, the number one. You get our daily text message, always great information we're posting and it's free. Why not? It's a, it's a big help. Yeah. We'll, we'll post all those, all those links and the text service in the show notes. But until then, make it a great day. Play like a champion today. Whether it's wrestling, sports, school, life, business, mindset makes the difference. Take care. We'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.